What's going on, guys? We are back with the 50 plus one football podcast. You're home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We have a nice little host of topics for you today. But with me, as always, a man who to me is like Todd Bowley to spending heaps of money on players that definitely aren't worth it. It's Billy. And another thing, you know, me and Todd Bowley, we both have no control over our own finances. <laughs> My football okay, but... shirt collection uh, speaks for itself. Yeah, okay. I I mean, I'm I'm eyeing a pair of Jordan 1 highs for about 250 right now and it's definitely money I don't have. So, but it's Jordan 1s that you need. Anyway. Exactly. Jordan 4s or Jordan 1s. Rolex has got more than one. I'm leaving that in by the way. Of course, of course. Of course, of course. But like Lewis said, we've got a whole host of topics for you today and we'll start with the Manchester derby, the fallout from that the, one of the biggest games of the season so far. Pep's comments, Bruno's controversial goal, and Erling Haaland does one of the best strikers in world football at the moment. Make Manchester City worse. We'll have a look. Then we'll take a look at Leandro Trossard fallout with De Zerbi. And he's wanted by two North London sides before we finish on Mikhailo Mudrik to Chelsea. Silly money being thrown around by the new owner, Todd Bowley. But without further ado... Let's get to it. So just to take it right off the bat here, we're going to go into a little bit of uh, gameplay, some gameplay scenarios. The Bruno Fernandes goal, should it have stood yes or no? And your reasoning, please. Look, I'm in a very difficult situation here because... (laughs) 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 no. I, at the time... Did not care. <laughs> Shock. Oh. Shock. <laughs> Hold the front page. United fan does not care. Controversial <laughs> goal goes for them. But having looked back at it, I see both sides. Okay. Okay. So it's one of those ones where if it's your team, say if Bayern had scored that goal, it would be, oh, yeah, I can kind of, you know, see reasons why, but I don't care. Whereas if it's yeah. one that scored against you, you are absolutely seething. So the, the actual law, the law says a player is in an offside position at the moment the ball is played or touched by a teammate is only penalised on becoming involved in active play by interfering or playing or touching a ball passed or touched by a teammate, which Marcus Rashford didn't do. Technically did not. Yeah. Interfering with an opponent by preventing an opponent from playing or being able to play the ball by clearly obstructing an opponent's line of vision or by challenging an opponent for the ball. Now, that's the sticking point, okay? Because he doesn't challenge Manuela Kanji. There is no challenge from Rashford. And all the arguments are that if Rashford isn't there and the ball's just played round towards Bruno Fernandes, Manuela Kanji changes his run. Exactly. My argument, my argument is he's not getting that ball anyway. The 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 sticking point, the, the controversial one, is Edison's positioning because he's positioned to close down a shot from the angle of Rashford with his right. Yeah. Not Bruno Fernandez. Which does so, give Fernandez a clear 
advantage. You you can't you can't discount the fact because positioning is also everything in a situation like that. It I could mean, be it, one yard to the right or to the left. It's pretty central. You're a goalkeeper. You know more than me about a, 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 the angles of a ball being hit from just inside the the D. But essentially, but it's the the so the law goes on. Uh, clearly attempting to play a ball which is close when this action impacts an opponent or making an obvious action which clearly impacts the ability of an opponent to play the ball. That, I both think... Both yes. Both yes. In my opinion, both yes. But the angle that the referee had, they showed it on Ref Watch on Sky Sports News. Yeah. The angle that the ref has from behind Manuel Akanji cannot see the depth of how far Akanji is. So from his perspective point of view there's no way that Akanji's getting to the ball and I still don't think he's getting to that ball anyway then you have to ask does VAR get involved and they've been told by the new head of the PGMOL Howard Webb to almost butt out a bit more so the fact that Rashford doesn't touch that ball at all Apparently, it's enough for VAR to go, no, okay, that's fine. Go. Yeah, okay, but then you have to ask yourself, I mean, that opens up a whole new possibility of uh, what is the point of VAR then? If you're asking VAR to butt out a little bit more, VAR already, in, I mean, I think you'll agree with me on this, it doesn't get involved at the right points anyway. And sometimes misses controversial things where you also, you know, there's been so much debate about, yeah, VAR, shouldn't we be having them look at more things? You know, shouldn't we be having it get a little bit more involved some of the time? Because then some calls will be, some calls might not be missed in that sense. Because some people have definitely gone, well, seeing as that technically by VAR standards isn't a clear, you know, misalignment of the or misinterpretation of the rules vr won't get involved but everyone can see that call should have been different now you've got howard webb telling them vr should we even be getting involved and stuff like that and this is where i think you know all credit to the referees in this point because i think as you've said it could go either way it is a very gray area technically speaking I would say it doesn't count just because Rashford does enough because, I mean, it looks to everyone like he's about to control this ball. It's not until the very last second that Bruno Fernandes hits it. And everyone thinks Rashford's about to take his first touch, but he's kind of like windmilling and trying to get, you know, positioned over the ball correctly to get a good first touch in So for so long that apparently, I say apparently, that at some point, Fernandez just comes up and says, I, I'll have this. But at the end of the day, he does enough, in my opinion, to offset a Kanji and to offset, to a, to a lesser extent, Ederson in goal with his positioning so that Fernandez has an advantage. But it's very nitpicky. Well, the, the, the only thing I can, I can say in defense of this is two examples. Uh, different examples, just so one of the actual offside, Arsenal. Aaron in FA Cup final 2015, 16 against Chelsea. 
Could be later than that. I'm not 100% sure. Aaron Ramsey is stood in an offside position. The ball's played over the top. Everyone sort of leaves it. Alexis Sanchez runs through and scores. Like, latches onto the ball and scores. Yeah. Goal given, because even though Ramsey was in an offside position, did not touch the ball, did not make an attempt to play the ball. Yeah. Rashford didn't attempt to play the ball, but he's running at full speed. You cannot just stop. Is is the argument. And also, it's really funny watching them all cry on Twitter. Four days this has gone on for, and it will probably go on for more. Four days they've cried and they've called corruption when last season Rodri's handball before Bernardo Silva goal against Everton. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think if if you look far enough, you will find that at some point every team has either had a call against them or has benefited from a shitty call. That that being said, my point with the whole, you know, Rashford, yeah, he can't stop because he's running at full tilt, but that's exactly where I see that he's trying to get to that ball and he's trying to play that ball. He's making an active movement towards taking that first touch. If Bruno Fernandes isn't anywhere there, he makes a first touch 100%. So at the end, at the end of the day, Akanji's expecting him to make a first touch. Edison probably is, and I think everyone in that stadium is. It's just unbelievable, an unbelievable call by Fernandez to say, "Leave it, I'm having it," and to come up and and for Rashford to react in the split second of an instant and get out the way enough for Fernandez to hit that. So in my opinion the call should not or the goal shouldn't have been given because Rashford does do enough to go for that ball unlike with Ramsey in that uh in that FA Cup final because it Ramsey didn't do anything he stayed away he made no active movement Rashford definitely made an active movement towards that yeah, ball yeah but he's he's running at full pelt i don't so nbc yeah, breached nbc reached out to the pgmol yeah and they responded and they stated that there was no touch on the ball no effect on the defender. Therefore, VAR could find no justification for a clear and obvious error. Yeah, but for me, that sounds a bit like, you know, the, and it sounds a little bit like the algorithm doesn't take doesn't hit if he doesn't touch the ball. But if you take a look at the, you know, at the scene, I was expecting Rashford to hit it. The first time I saw it, I was expecting him to hit it. I... It's, it's difficult because he clearly gets a call from Bruno pretty early on to do not touch that ball. Because even Akanji said in his post-match interview, he's like, oh, he's running. I, I, I've stepped up to play offside. He's offside, but he gets a shout from, from Bruno to leave it. He shoots and he scores. And, okay, that's fair enough. And, oh, right. So this is on par with people tracking flights during the transfer window. <laughs> some loser has edited Rashford out of that footage oh Jesus Christ okay? wow and if to, to try and make the point that oh well Manuel Akanji is clearly getting there no he's not so you watch the doctored footage Akanji's not getting there before Fernandez. if anything there's probably going to be a t- t- you know a chance um, of a coming together but he's not getting there. Yeah. He's not getting there in time to to come and clear it. 
But that is like saying, oh, well, take all 11 United players off of that footage and City probably score. Yeah, I think that's a bit uh, that's a bit too much. So, well, let us know on Twitter, in the comments and on Instagram, whether you think Rashford's involvement was enough to stop Akanji tracking back and whether it was enough to rule out that Bruno goal. But let me just give you some comments from the manager. Pep Guardiola, that if anyone's manager said, I think they'd probably be quite upset. So I don't care about winning the Premier League and the Carabao Cup. We cannot win. We won a lot, so it's not a problem. I take a lot of issue with this. One, I'm a Bayern fan. Bayern have won the league now 10 years in a row. And we're four points clear of the top of the table at this very moment in time. If Julian Nagelsmann comes on, you know, after the match on Friday and says, after a loss to Abby Leipzig, you know, we've won it 10 years in a row. It's time for another team to win it. Everyone knows, you know, or everyone thinks that, you know, another team should obviously win it when one team's dominated. But I think anyone would say, if they were the fan of their team, that they should win and try and be winning every season. It doesn't matter how often you win the damn title. You go for it every time. Even Bayern management have said, you know, the the Bundesliga title has our highest priority or is our highest priority. You know, it's unthinkable for a manager to come out and say, Oh, we've won it a lot. And it's not like City have won it the last 10 years, mind. It's not like City have even won it the last three years in a row. And I think in my opinion, Guardiola has or isn't fully invested in that City project anymore. For him, it's I've already won everything nationally. I'd like to win the Champions League. If I don't, tough shit. But eh. I've kind of done all I can at City. You know, we've become the best team in England. Now, I guess, you know, it's going it's going against the tide. Mm, I'll leave it. And I'd be fuming if I was a City fan after that. Do you think it's... Um, obviously, it's, it's just trying to bat away the media because that's what all the questions are going to be about. Like, oh, are you still in that title race with Arsenal? Are you still in that title race? He's just trying to bat that away, but it doesn't... You could deflect and you can, you know, I'm sorry, Jurgen Klopp has definitely given some questionable post-match interviews and talk, you know, when when he talked about uh you know, Liverpool having more World Cup uh players and thus being the more tired team after a loss. You've seen little, you know, little bitch fits like that, but I will never ever or I think no one will ever see Jurgen Klopp stand there and say, "Do you know what?" I won the first Premier League title in 30 years for the club. I won a Champions League for the first time in, you know, over 10 years with the club. I'm getting a statue anyway. Someone else should win it. No, I'm sorry. Even if Klopp had won the Premier League the last four or five years in a row, he wouldn't be saying that. I that's there's it's one thing to bat away the questions from the media and try and deflect the pressure off the team onto yourself. It's another thing entirely to say, 
mm, do you know what not for me anymore is it the 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 thing that i i get from this is what bad loser like what a, a saw loo it's such sour grapes because yeah because he he he's been outplayed he's been he's been out a very a very rare thing to happen to Pep Guardiola but he's been out maneuvered you know putting Fred on Kevin De Bruyne to almost you know stick Take to him, out, him yeah. stick to him like shit to a blanket colorful um <laughs> But he, you know, he, he he kept him fairly quiet apart from the the assist for Jack Grealish's goal, which incidentally was the only shot they had on target in that game. So City weren't cheated out of a win. They had one shot on target. Oh, it's definitely not good enough, especially when you've got a behemoth of a striker like uh, Erling Haaland playing up top. Slap the table. I'm glad you mentioned that, Lewis, because. <laughs> I just live to tee up uh, every single topic of conversation for you, Bill. That's you chip my them own... up. I volley them into the back of the net. Exactly. That's my. It's my purpose in life. Some people, my German friend, claim that Haaland has made City too direct and that they are a worse team when oh, he plays. Fuck me. It's not the problem that Erling Haaland's playing up there. Yes, they didn't register a shot on target, but I think, or only one shot on target, but I think that's not a Haaland problem. That's a, you know, sometimes you're just outmaneuvered or you just have a crap game and it happens. There were games where Bayern couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo, to use one of your favorite phrases, when Robert Lewandowski was playing up top in his absolute prime. But you don't hear anyone going, oh, do you know what? Since Lewandowski's come to Bayern, he's made them worse. Granted, Bayern haven't played really with that 4-3-3 system of a false nine. And, you know, I think the the thinking behind that statement, or at least what Didi Haman said, because he was one of those people who voiced it, you know, and I think for me, an expert to voice that opinion is, Didi Haman just lives to say the exact opposite of what the masses think. That's that's my personal opinion. But anyways, he's also said, yeah, do you know what? Erling Haaland, um, he's taken away City's variability at the top. They used to play without a striker or a false nine and distributed the goal load, if you will, onto many shoulders. City are better without Haaland, even if he does score 40 goals a season. First of all, if you're saying any team is better without a player who scores 40 goals in a season, beyond beyond words because i'd argue that city don't recuperate all 40 of those goals onto the many shoulders quote unquote if you will they might get do might do well to get you know 30 to 35 max but they're not getting all 40 and that's because Haaland's just a different breed of player well uh, he didn't make them worse when he scored three hat-tricks in three home games, did he? You know, he's got 27 goals this season, 21 in the Premier League already. I was about to say, do you, do you remember when, uh, I think it was, Nicholas Anelka got the golden boot for the Premier League with 19 goals over the course of a season? And Haaland's, yes. Haaland's already eclipsed that 
and we haven't even played half a season. We've barely played half a season. Well, the the only the, the the biggest issue is that City need to play to his strengths, find him in the space that he makes when he plows it in behind defenders because he did it four or five times against United where he'd peel off and run into Make space run. Yeah, yeah. behind Varane, behind Luke Shaw, whatever, when Malassia and Wan-Bissaka were to push forward. Yeah. And Kevin De Bruyne or whoever would just go they play the the square pass. They play the 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 wrong pass. Like that's it's not a Haaland issue. It's a t- it's a rest of the team issue because he's doing all he can. Yeah, and my argument also, you know, in support of this is, if you're going to sign a player like Haaland for the obscene amounts of money that he's on, the amount of money he costs, because at the end of the day, seventy five million. It might be a bargain for a player of his stature. It's still a shit ton of money. You don't assign a player like him to then go, if he doesn't adapt, do you know what? Tough, tough luck. He's, you know, we'll, we'll ruin a player of his stature. If he doesn't adapt, that's it. I think that, you know, you can't just stick your head in the sand and go, uh, do you know what? He's going to have to deal with whatever we throw at him. Um, I think that if you if you do have a player of you know like Haaland, you're signing him because you think he will fit well with your team, not because you can mold him to fit your team. Look, all I'm gonna say is sell him to Real Madrid. They and want then, him, yeah, and, they and, love and it. then complain that you haven't got a striker to score you enough goals because at the moment, I'm not saying never, at the moment, Julian Alvarez will not score you. A comparable amount of goals. He oh, might get ten. No. I get ten, fifteen in all competitions in the season, which is fine. But when Erling Haaland has twenty-seven at the halfway point, that is ridiculously obscene. And it will click for City at some point. They're in a bad run at the moment. It will click for City again at some point. You know, he will score three hat tricks in three game in three back-to-back home games again. It's it will just click again. It's just a, a run, a dip in form. It's just happened at arguably the worst time because they're out of a cup and they lost to United, which is not something I'm sure they would have wanted. But for I, people to yeah. for people to say he makes them worse is fucking ridiculous. Nah, it, it's that's that's borderline offensive. Like, come on, man. You, you've gone and bought him and every club in Europe, in the world, would have been dying to sign a player like that. And for someone to then go and say, do you know what? I think he's made him worse or I think he's made my team worse. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, let us know in the comments um, on Instagram, on Twitter. Do you think... Erling Haaland has made City worse. I'd love to hear a rebuttal because, you know, I just take the piss. I'm kidding. If someone's got an actual good rebuttal, I'd love to hear it. But I, for the life of me, can't think of one. But I think it's time to move on from one player who isn't recognized enough to one player who seems to think a tad bit too much of himself. So Leandro Trossard. 
has his good form gone a bit too much to his head yes or no well probably seeing as he uh, uh flew to was it belgium he flew to to uh to get away from Zerbi, but on the 13th of january so before their game against liverpool uh Zerbi said in his press conference leandro trossard isn't on the list for the next game the last session before the last game when he understood he wasn't playing, he left the session without telling me anything. I told him I don't like his attitude. And a few days after, so I've opened, I'm open to him. I'm ready to open the door to him. He's a good guy and a very important player. He has to understand. He has to work in my way because I am the coach and I decide the rules inside the dressing room. Now, I am a big fan of this. Do tell. Because... It's a manager not taking any bullshit from, you know, essentially someone below him. Now, I know I've said this before, and it's like uh, the Brian Clough thing. The, the, what, the first person to go, the one that everyone can do without is the manager. Obviously, but if you want to yeah. be successful, you know, we saw it at United. The, the, I was about to say. The, the player power was obscene. Yeah, but Ten Hag put a cut right through that exactly you know ronaldo okay didn't want to be there he's not there anymore Renal uh rashford was late for a team meeting was benched for the wolves game actions have consequences and a lot of footballers don't seem to realize that which is why i'm a fan of deserby going okay you're gonna storm off after a training session after i've told you you're not playing and fly somewhere else, then you're just not going to be in the squad because that's not acceptable. Yeah. And they want £25 million for him if he wants to go because his, his agent, is, is, they put out a statement or something stupid, Jesus. and it was like, look, Leandro's not signing a new contract at Brighton. The best situation is for him to leave this month to avoid any sour falling out on that. Whereas I'd argue he owes Brighton and Hove Albion his career. Pretty much. Because without Brighton and Hove Albion, he wouldn't have played in the Premier League. He wouldn't have. He may have got near the Belgium national team because you don't know where he would have gone otherwise. But, yeah. You know, Spurs had a £12 million bid rejected. Arsenal were apparently interested. But no one's going to want him after, after he's kicked off like that. Especially. Judging by the fact that, you know, at a bigger club, he definitely doesn't have the same standing. He'll be one of many. And if he kicks off in the same way, he's definitely going to flop. I, I mean, I don't get why he thinks he's so good and he's still, you know, he's the perfect catch. Because either he's, you know, he's gone and thought, do you know what? I'm too big for Brighton. I think I deserve a move right now. Which, first of all, crazy because, my friend, you haven't played one full good season in the Prem yet. You know, pay your dues before you earn a big money move. Second of all, if it's down to the fact that now he's not getting picked every or, or every week because he thinks that he, you know, should be getting into that first team and walking onto that first onto that starting 11 that's another crap attitude to have you know you should just 
as Deserby said, his dressing room, his rules. If you don't like what the manager is doing, ask for a proper explanation. If he then doesn't give you one, that's when you can start to kick off or, you know, maybe not kick off, but you think about maybe this isn't the good fit. Because if a manager is benching me without giving me a reason, you know, that's a whole different story. But, you know, to just storm off like that and not try, first of all, to, you know, speak to the manager, figure out what's going on. For me, inexplicable. And like you, I'm a big fan of it because, as you said, players these days have too much power and don't see any consequences from their actions. Exactly. And this isn't a situation where the manager's coming with a vendetta against him because he said he's, the door no. is open. He went on to say, it's not a bad situation. It's a great situation because if we can learn from it, we can only improve. We only have one way to achieve our dream. We are Brighton. We all have to work hard and only think about the team, not ourselves. So if he went to, to Zerbi and was like, boss, I want to talk about how, what can I do to get into the, into the team? What can I do to yeah. improve and get into the starting 11? He probably, from the sounds of that, would have sat down and, and had, had a chat. Yeah. This isn't like, you know who Sean Dundee is, don't you? Used to play for Stuttgart, South mm. African striker. He does the Bundesliga co-coms on the world feed. Anyway, when he was at Liverpool, sure. he wasn't he wasn't playing for Liverpool. Um, because he was a bit of a a rogue. He used to turn up stinking of booze and things like that. Oof. But he went to, <laughs> he went to Gerard Julio's he went to Gerard Julio's office uh, to ask him why he wasn't playing. And Gerard Julio took a phone call midway through that meeting and made Sean Dundee sit in that office for like half an hour while Julio was on the phone. Oof. So that is a player. And a manager whose relationship is just never gonna that's a manager who doesn't yeah. want the player there. But this is a a manager who is open to working with the player again. And can I just make the point? He doesn't start for Spurs. He definitely isn't starting for Arsenal. No. Neither. What is what is the goal here? Is it more money? I think it might be more money. I don't know. I, I'm just gonna throw in a little pop culture reference for you. Because in Goal, the dream begins. Santiago Munez is told, here we pass the ball. The name on the front of the shirt is more important than the name on the back. Oh, it's such a good film. Boom, mic drop. It's <laughs> such, a, such a good film. Imagine not liking Goal. The second one we can disagree about. The third one is just utter shite as you would say. Oh, I've never seen the third one. I don't think yeah, I be, hap be happy because Santiago Munez doesn't even play a big role in that. He makes a cameo appearance. That's how crap it is. Well, they should have stopped after the second one. Arguably after the first. but That's you know. not what I want. Uh, exactly. Anyway, last thing on Sean Dundee before we move on to the final topic. Uh, Roy Evans, who was the uh, co-manager at Liverpool, described him as awful on and off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not getting into that team if you speak to the manager for a thousand days straight. Like. Oh, okay. I've got one more Sean Dundee. Story. I love Sean Dundee so much. He's from Durban in South Africa. He, and then he went on to play for Stuttgart. He, but um, it was an undisclosed German team. <laughs> went to buy him or uh, attempted to buy him from Liverpool. His first question in the contract negotiations were what were the night, what were the nightclubs like? And the German team ran a mile. <laughs> I, 
he's so chaotic. I love Sean Dundee. He's Jesus so good Christ. on comms as well. He but makes, anyway, he makes Roy Keane seem like the model athlete, <laughs> like the model professional athlete. Oh Jesus! Just, oh, it's not that. It's just that quote from Roy from Roy Evans. He's awful on and off the pitch. But yeah. anyway, period. Let's yeah. leave Leandro Trossard and Sean Dundee, and let's talk about a new Ukrainian superstar in at Stamford Bridge. So they might not have Roman Abramovich anymore, but they've gone from sugar daddy to step daddy, buying them lots of nice and shiny things to try and win the fans over, which is why they've spent 70 million plus 30 million in add-ons for Mikhailo Mudrik from Shakhtar Donetsk. 18 appearances, 10 goals, 9 assists, 75 minutes per goal involvement this season. Which is all well and good, but it's for Shakhtar. It's the yeah. Ukrainian Football League. This isn't a top five league. He's definitely got talent. I'm definitely not, you know, I'm not trying to say he's got no talent and he, he's not worth a single penny. Definitely not. Because, you know, you've seen, or we've seen what's, happened to you know the likes of celtic and um even real madrid when he's played against them you know he hammered one home against celtic uh in their group stage tie or one of them um but 70 million i would have said if it's 70 million you know add-ons and everything included would have already been a steep price but to pay up 70 million for a guy who's only shown his talent in the Ukrainian league, that's just that that's just pissing money out the door just because you can. Well, if I uh, if I may, so in total for Shakhtar, seventy-seven appearances, twelve goals, seventeen assists. So this has been by far his most prominent half season yeah okay but that that just goes to show before this season he had two goals and eight assists can i compare that to Jaden sancho at borussia dortmund if i may oh please do similar similar price range yeah definitely same position similar, similar age 137 appearances just bear that in mind but 50 goals 64 assists now we'll get on to the why it's funny that Arsenal spent the best part of two windows chasing him and then he joined Chelsea in a second. <laughs> but no matter how hard you try and spin that, spending what will end up being 100 million euros in installments or not, on a winger who, from his social media activity, was desperate to join Arsenal, <laughs> you know, putting pictures of Mikel Arteta going off, oh, Second, be second best coach in the world. Jesus, um, posting a picture on his Instagram of a video from YouTube where someone had photoshopped his head onto an Arsenal kit. It's you know, not a great look, is it? It's not I'm, a I'm, great look. I'm surprised Chelsea fans haven't kicked off about that. I don't think. I I think they're at a point now where they're beyond caring, and because they beat Arsenal to him distracts from the fact that he really wanted to join Arsenal. But there's, I think other, there's other pressing areas at Chelsea. Central midfield, right back, and a, and a 
a proper striker that isn't Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I was about to say, the curse of the number nine lives on. Just retire it. <laughs> you might as well. But, so, this is why it's one advantage to paying for the Athletic. They had an interview with Sergei Palkin, the CEO of Shakhtar. Yeah. On why Mudrik joined Chelsea over Arsenal. So, he met with Arsenal more times than Chelsea. But he was annoyed by the way Arsenal went about it because they contacted Mudrick and his team before they contacted Shakhtar. True, which, which isn't, is, yeah. isn't uncommon. Most likely, oh, I, we don't know the inner workings, but from reading and things like that and listening to people, it's they'll gauge that a player wants to join yeah. before they then make a bid and talk to the club. It's that sort of thing of agreeing personal terms and saying, yeah, like, yeah. would you join on this contract? Exactly. Hypothetically, if we offered it to you. Um, the, the fee that Chelsea offered was the same as Arsenal's, so the same base fee, but the schedule of payments and the bonuses were better from Chelsea. So it was still €100 million, Euros, mm -hmm. but Chelsea don't have a Ballon d'Or fee, which is one of those ridiculous ones that is put in, like Martial has one in his contract. I'm sorry, but the Ballon d'Or fee is just one of the most ridiculous ridiculous like it's just a signing bonus where you just, or it's a it's a bonus fee where you're just like well that's never getting paid is it no i look he's he's a a very good player and i've enjoyed watching him play in the champions league i can't say i've seen him in the ukrainian league because that's just why would i watch that i've seen him in the champions league uh, i've commentated on shakhtar celtic and he's a very good player very capable player very raw, but will be very good. Obviously, yeah, we're, we're not the, taking away anything from his talent. I'm not taking anything away from that, but I wonder if at Arsenal, what, does he go straight into that side? Or would he have gone straight into the over? He wouldn't go in over Saka. No. And I think the time and money they've invested in Gabriel Martinelli to keep him. No, he doesn't get in that side starting. Hell no. So it's a it's a difficult one. Whereas at Chelsea, a team with hmm, Christian Pulisic, Raheem Sterling, Hakim Ziyech, you know, there's there's enough wingers at that club anyway. To then I've, go and spend that much money as well. But this is Todd Bowley or not, this is Chelsea. It's just the Chelsea way. You know, they've got the record for a fullback, the record transfer fee for a centre-back over 30. Uh, and I saw someone put it down as 100 million for a winger who perhaps would be struggling for minutes at Shakhtar had all the Brazilians not left. So if David Neres yeah. doesn't leave, yeah. does he does he get enough game time? 11 million players, um, 11 million players, probably at Chelsea, yeah. 11 million pound, euros for a player on loan who's now banned for a, be, yeah, for a sixth of his actual loan time, you know, to then be returned to Atletico Madrid in the summer, having signed a new contract to Atletico. So there's no chance they're getting Yao Felix on a permanent. You know, you've got all these kids coming through a youth academy. I know they got Mark Kukurea from Brighton, and they shipped out Levi Colwell, who is one of their young players, who incidentally is now being looked at by Gareth Southgate in England. <laughs> I I don't. I don't like Chelsea and I don't like the way they operate because 
okay, yeah, it's fine having, oh, yeah, but Mason Mount came through the, the academy. Reese James came through the academy. So, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, okay, but look at, but that's that's like Bayern fans grasping at straws saying, you know what, Philipp Lahm, Schweinsteiger, and Alaba came through the academy. All three of those players now do not play at that club. So, and, I, and like, you know, I'm, I obviously know that, you know, Reese James and Mason Mount still play at Chelsea, but that's two players in what the last 20 years. Oh, uh, sorry. Mark, how could I possibly forget Trevor Shalaber or <laughs> as, as I like to refer to him as one of the worst center backs in the Premier League. Honest to God, like it doesn't, I, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And I mean, as, as you said, it's just stepdad energy from Todd Bully. And I've read on, on Twitter, maybe if Chelsea fans sing Roman Abramovich's name at the club long, or at the ground long enough, next week we'll sign Mbappe. I think that says it all, no? I mean, that that came from Louis, and I honestly would love to have him on again to talk about this because I don't know his opinions on Todd Bowley after the loss to Fulham. Probably not very good. <laughs> but the fact that he was... He bought the club. And then appointed himself as, like, chief scout. It was like chief overseer, lord, uh, lord supreme commander at Chelsea of Chelsea FC. It might as well say that on his LinkedIn profile. Well, that's like that's like United having Avram Glazer <laughs> going. Oh well, I've seen this guy on. Uh, uh, I've seen this guy on uh, on Twitter, and uh, he looks on you. Quite... No, on on the YouTube. On the on, on the YouTube's and 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 on the onlines and the internets. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Graham! I've seen this guy on the FaceTube. <laughs> Can we get him on? Okay, a hundred, a hundred and thirty million. Yeah, that's pocket change for me, bro. We have people that listen in America, and I actively dislike the way you own football clubs in Europe. Because it's not just a minority. I can't talk. It's not just the minority. It's all of you. Hey, hey, hey. There are still some Americans. Yeah, but just stay away from football. We've had this conversation already. Well, if if we all have to stay away from football, <laughs> that, by, <laughs> that by and large includes me and you don't have a podcast. I'm sure I can find another German pretty easily. <gasps> you wouldn't. You wouldn't dare. No, wouldn't I could dare. I, I could never. There you go. See, there's there's one American you don't want to kick out of football. It's okay. I think we we got a little bit off off topic there. I think in terms bit. circling back to Mudrick, I think he's going to be a good player because he's a very good player anyway. Yeah, but you take a look at how many wingers that club has. First of all, does he get into the side? Second of all, what is the perspective? What if he gets shipped out on loan? He's on an eight and a half year contract. People are married 20... for less time than that. I was about to say, this. obviously, Kim K, 72 days. Uh... <laughs> Wait. Um, Burn but... on you, Kim. Yeah, well, but what I mean is, is, you know, I don't think there's a contract or a player alive in the top five leagues in Europe right now that is on a contract that long. At at this point, at this moment in time, I'd be very surprised. It's if, a weird one. 
that's what took me aback. It wasn't the the fact that it was what the space of two days they signed him from under Arsenal's nose. It wasn't the fact that the price was so high. It wasn't the it wasn't that. It was the eight and a half year contract. Because as yeah. we know in football, long contracts never really seem to work. I present to you David Moyes <laughs> and uh, Mr. Alan Pardew. David Moyes was given a seven-year contract at Manchester United, lasted less than a season. Oof. And I'm pretty sure Alan Pardew's was six years at Newcastle and then was sacked the following year. I'm not suggesting that Mudrick will be out in the sum in the summer because look you play him on the left you play Raheem Sterling on the right Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech as, as coverage but you know Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech might not be could content playing second fiddle especially when you have a look at you know the way Ziyech played at um or in in Qatar during the World Cup um Pulisic has or Pulisic has a um you know, he's had a dip in form the first half of the season. I've you, never rated him anyway. We've been down that road before, haven't we? Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It seems like a bit... It just seems like overkill. The whole thing is just overkill. The one nice note to this whole thing is that uh, Shakhtar CEO has already publicly stated that $25 million of his transfer fees being donated to the Ukrainian soldiers fighting um, in the war against Russia. That is the one nice thing about this transfer. All the rest of it is like, I don't want to hate on the, on, on the kid. And, you know, he's, as we've said, very talented, but he isn't worth half the money they, uh, that Chelsea paid for him, in my opinion. And it's a lot of pressure to be wait, to be put on his shoulders, and it's kind of like an unfair step to be taking for the kid. Well, only time will tell. He does have this uh, fantastic tattoo, actually, which I think speaks a lot to the. Um, it speaks a lot to the. What's the word I'm looking for? He's got this really cool tattoo, which speaks a lot to the mentality of the of the guy on his neck, which is talent crossed out ain't enough, which I think is, you know, at least he seems to have the right mindset, even though I think, you know, tattooing quotes like that on your neck is a little bit much. It's incredibly white trash, but the sentiment's, <laughs> the sentiment's really nice. I, You know, he's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's one step up from. What is it? Dance like no one's watching. Ah, laugh, there you go. Laugh like no one. Sing like no one can hear. No ragrats. <laughs> no ragrats. <laughs> well, that was a nice little way to end it. A nice twenty-five million pound or twenty-five million euro donation to the troops on the front line of the Ukrainian war. I think that's uh, a very nice way to end this. Yes, it is. And as always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to AT Sports News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And make sure to get the newest transfers, such as Ryerson to Borussia Dortmund, just signed to till 2026. Um, and also make sure to check out Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and also Amazon Podcasts. 
which is a new little feature that we only saw or we were notified of recently. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm and love the beautiful game.